Welcome to the Tap Into Safety podcast, where Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder, discusses the latest research, reports and interesting topics to help health and safety, human resource and training professionals in their efforts to keep every worker safe every day. Hi everyone and thanks for joining me. For this podcast, we're going to have a look at some tips for writing a job safety analysis which is a critical process in managing risk in your workplace. Now, some organisations have detailed and lengthy documents that they refer to, and others ask their workers to write a new job safety analysis before they begin work every day. So the question is, is what to include and how much information do you need when writing a job safety analysis or JSA? And the answer depends on your company's requirements. However, if your JSAs form part of your risk management documentation, then they must reflect the way work is done and how it should be done. And so many times the way work is done varies with the way the job safety analysis prescribes, particularly when it comes to risk control measures and the steps to complete that work. So for this podcast, we're going to provide a six-step process for writing a JSA And we hope that that guides you, particularly when you're managing high-risk tasks. The first step is to decide which tasks need a JSA. And to do that, you need to look at the level of risk of each of the tasks that need to be done to do a job. And then you prioritise from highest to lowest. Now, looking at the highest risk ones, The things that you need to consider or the things that can help you to determine where to start is your accident frequency and severity. You should have a look at your past injuries. That can help you to determine which ones need to be done first. You also need to consider have you got any newly established jobs or tasks or have you introduced some new machinery? Because in doing so, these tasks are unfamiliar to your employees and they can present more risk. The third area to consider is the potential for severe injuries or illnesses. So jobs that involve hazardous materials or dangerous conditions may have more significant potential for a workplace injury. And finally, don't forget those jobs that you don't actually perform very often. Just like new tasks, jobs that are performed occasionally may present a higher risk because your employees don't know which hazards to anticipate because they may not have done that particular job for over a year or longer. Once you've decided which job you want to write a JSA for, you need to break the job into specific tasks to list the steps that need to be taken to complete the work. You need to list from beginning to end, step by step, just as if you were writing a recipe. For example, When excavating a trench using powered mobile equipment, you would begin with performing a vehicle pre-start on the machine. And from there, you would start the machine and note the steps in safely operating the piece of machinery. The next step would likely be preparing the ground. Then you would commence the dig, followed by ensuring the sides are supported to prevent wall collapse. Then you'd look at removing the soil, dumping the dirt or placing it into a truck, and so on and so forth to complete the task. And finally, at the end, the JSA would finish with shutting down the machine and completing all the necessary pack up and clean up. 
Now, it's important that you try not to use convoluted language and that you're precise and clear because, after all, a JSA is a step-by-step -step process that anyone should be able to follow to complete the task. Breaking down a job into every single step will take time and effort, but it's critical for properly analysing the overall risk associated with the job. It's also vital to ensure when writing a JSA that you ask your employees to review your work, to ensure that you've captured everything and that you have it in the correct order. The next step is to identify any hazards that may be present as you complete the task. It's a good idea to think about the entire environment to determine any possible hazards that might exist while you perform the job. For example, is the task more hazardous if the weather changes? From here, you need to determine the risk of injury each hazard presents. Using a risk matrix can help you to assess the probability and severity of the hazard to determine an overall risk rating. You need to determine the level of risk that the hazard presents before you apply the control measures so that you have your initial risk rating each step in the JSA should have an initial risk rating applied. The fourth step in writing a job safety analysis is to identify the control measures that you can practically use to prevent the hazard from causing potential workplace injuries. Your guide here is to draw on the hierarchy of hazard controls and use the highest level of control that is practicable to get the job done. The hierarchy of hazard controls is a risk management tool used around the world to manage workplace hazards. From highest to lowest levels of controls, the hierarchy is as follows. At the top is elimination, where you physically remove the hazard. Second is substitution, where you replace the hazard for something that is less hazardous. Number three is isolation, where you isolate the hazard from people. Fourthly is using engineering controls, where there's a physical control measure, including a mechanical device or process in place. The last two levels, administrative controls and personal protective equipment, should be used as a last resort when all other measures are impractical. Administrative controls change the way people work and PPE is often used together with other higher level control measures. The next step is to determine the residual risk. Once you apply the control measures, you're able to determine the level of risk that remains, and this is known as the residual risk. Calculate the level of residual risk using the same risk matrix and you should have a lower probability and severity rating. And if not, you need to determine how to perform the task more safely by introducing additional control measures. Each step in the task should now have a residual risk rating applied. Once all controls and residual risk is calculated, you will determine the overall final risk of the job. You can use this information to identify which jobs present the highest risk to your employees. You should now have a completed draft that is ready for review. 
We're now at the final step of writing your job safety analysis, and that's all around communication. It's critical to circulate your drafted JSA with your employees and supervisors to ensure that you've covered all that you need to to make the job safe. You also need feedback about the control measures you select to determine if they're practicable and that they don't create additional hazards. After you complete writing a JSA and you gain approval from your workers and supervisors, you need to make the documents easily accessible. Too often we see JSAs that are rarely seen as they gather dust on bookshelves or are forgotten about as they're filed onto a computer hard drive. JSAs should be living documents that capture accessible information about risks, document controls, and inform your employees about both the hazards in their job tasks and the safest system of work. Maintaining a good JSA program is an ongoing and evolving process. If a workplace injury occurs, a review of the relevant JSA should occur to see if there's been a shortcoming, that you may have overlooked something and that it may have contributed to the incident. Regular reviews offer insight into the hazards workers face with their jobs and produce effective risk management. By facilitating communication, participation and engagement among everyone involved in your work site, JSAs provide an opportunity to identify unforeseen hazards and increase support for a more robust, more inclusive safety culture. Writing a job safety analysis is not always a simple task because it relies on your intimate knowledge of how the job is done. You need to take a step-by-step -step approach and work through each component of the job. You start with an initial risk of all the steps. You then apply your controls, the highest level of control that is practicable, and then you come up with your residual risk rating. And this should be low enough to ensure that there is minimal risk for your workers' safety. And if not, you need to apply additional control measures. I hope that these steps have been useful to help you in writing a JSA, because maintaining a good JSA program is an ongoing and evolving process. Those documents should be living documents, forever changing and being true reflections of how the work is done at your workplace. When you do this, you have an effective means of managing risk in your organisation. Good luck and happy writing. You have been listening to Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder of Tap Into Safety. If you would like to read more about this topic and other related topics, or to contact them for more information, please visit their website at www.tapintosafety.com.au. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, search for Tap Into Safety on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Until the next time, we hope you keep safe and well.